This is Wrestling for the Faith, a weekly podcast celebrating faith, family, and wrestling. And now, here are your hosts, Casey Cage and WWE's Jackson Riker, Chad Lale. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I'm Casey. I'm Chad. Hope you're well. And yes, we thank you for joining us this week. And uh, how's it been going this week, brother? Good, man. It's been a great week. Just doing a little remodeling of the house. Well, small project of the house, I should say. Sitting here in Indianapolis right now, really, really cold. You and I talked about that. They call for snow, so I'm, uh, I'm not used to that. But all is good, man. It's been a good week. Yeah, I could use a little bit of that weather uh, starting next week when uh, opening day of gun season starts. But uh, I don't care anything yeah. about – don't really care anything about the cold, cold weather unless I'm sitting in a tree stand, so – yeah, no. The older I get, my joints hurt too bad, dude. I used to think my dad was crazy when he'd say that, but it's true. Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, especially especially bodies like ours. I, I remember being told by a chiropractor one time when I was 21. So I'd only been uh, in the wrestling business for four years. And I remember uh, going to the chiropractor for the first time, and he, he said, uh, son, what do you do for a living? I said, well, sir, I can't tell you or my insurance won't cover it. <laughs> and he said well it'll just be between me and you and i said i'm a pro wrestler and he said okay he said i was thinking some kind of full contact sport he said i didn't know if you're a football player or what and he said you're 21 and you got a back of a 60 year old man and i thought oh man so, uh, already yeah yeah that was only four years in so that was 14 years ago so i would uh, oh, that's kind of why i'm scared to go to the doctor and let them do any kind of x-rays on me <laughs> yeah oh yeah La- last one i had 2018 i had an mri done on my lower right side of my back and oh man it, it was almost a ruptured disc uh you know but since then those three these past three years i've Kept it at bay with, you know, physical therapy and stuff like that. But cool, brother. I'm, I mean, I'll be 40, what, six months, seven months from now. So I'm just trying to trying to keep it, keep it under control, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we've took a couple of weeks and talked about some different subjects that the Lord had laid on our heart. Uh, but this week, I believe we're going to jump back into the book of Acts. And uh, we are going into... Acts chapter 12. So anybody listening, if you want to follow along and and get your Bibles, um, you're more than welcome to do that. We'll just begin at verse one. It says, now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Uh, you got any, any of your notes there up until this point? Yeah, man, I do. Actually, I wrote down some kind of history stuff. So all the people out there who like these, the theology lesson and kind of just a backstory of certain folks, um, Casey, you may have known this. I did not until today and just doing a little study was um, King Herod Agrippa was the grandson of Herod the Great who ruled in the days of Jesus' birth. And if I'm not mistaken, he was that was the same king who said two and under, kill, kill those those babies, yeah. right? Yeah. So and he also is the nephew of Herod uh, Antipas, I believe I'm saying it right, who who had a role in Jesus' trial. So we're looking at a group or a family lineage here or a family line of, of 
Herods who obviously right off the bat hated Christians, hated Jesus, couldn't stand it. Even from day one, when Jesus was born, they knew that the Messiah was somewhere, some, somehow they had to get rid of him. Uh, so they were dead set on, uh, as a family, uh, apparently, you know, putting an end to Christianity and yeah. good luck still rolling here, <laughs> you know, 2021. So I, I wonder if there, you know, there's plenty of Herods out there in our world now, but, you know, uh, to, to no, to no avail, man. But I, I thought it was pretty interesting how they were, uh, you know, they were all obviously kin together. So, and yeah. trying to do the same thing, put an end to Christianity. And also I was looking at, I kind of read into, you know, why did Herod in, instead of, you got James that was, was killed. And it said, um, I believe the, out of Jesus's 12 followers, he was the first martyr. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking, why, why didn't he just kill Peter right then and there, too? And apparently because it was on the, the day of unleavened bread or whatever, he knew that there could have possibly been a riot. Right. So he's like, OK, we'll just put him in prison and we'll let this you know, pass on and the Jewish folks go home or whatnot, and then we'll deal with it. And another interesting thing about Herod Agrippa, uh, as we'll see as we go on in the book of Acts, if I'm not mistaken, he's the same one that Paul stood before. And Paul preached the gospel to him and he, he made the words or he said the words, almost, you almost persuaded me. And uh, man, uh, Jensen Franklin preaches a powerful message on this. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but no. uh, the, the message is on hell. But but he talks about Agrippa in that message and how he looked at Paul and, and told him, you almost persuaded me to become a Christian. Yeah. And now all that we know is where's he at now? Unless there was that last split second before he took his last breath, most likely he's, he's in hell and has been for some years now. But, but that's the, that's the thing, man, those, that's such powerful words. And there's so many people out there who hear the gospel and they, they really feel the Holy yeah. Spirit tugging at their heart, um, but because of their pride, because of uh, they don't want to surrender, they don't want to make Jesus the Lord of their life. They they want to be the Lord of their life. They want to have their own way and do their own thing. And uh, and and so many people go to their grave with that idea of you almost persuaded me. You know the. It's just, it's literally right there. It's this free gift. And you and I've spoken about this many, many times, uh, this free gift. And I, I don't know what goes through the minds of those who don't want to accept it. There, there's something there. There's that, that hardening of the heart. There's, you know, I don't know something that's happened in the past, but you wonder why, you know, someone is, is resisting that, that pull from the, the Holy spirit. And it's, and it's not just coincidence. You know what I mean? Like someone gets that, Holy Spirit feel like, you know, that that's all, oh, that's something different. Like you and I have felt that before. So we could sit here and say, that's something that's, you can't explain, you know what I mean? Whether he's convicting you or something or, or, you know, calling you to do something, you know, so you wonder what was going through Agrippa's mind to where he almost became a Christian. He all man, and you, I'd be curious to know, like if, if he would have like kind of the, the change of things, but just like Pharaoh, I mean, God used that for good, as you see at the end of 12, once we get there, like the, the gospel just continue to spread, man. You talking about the Holy Spirit changing our lives. And that's one thing, you know, I was talking to 
a really good friend of mine the other day, and he uh, used to have uh, an addiction problem. And and thank the Lord, he's he's not in that place anymore. But but he was talking about how you know one day he just woke up and decided I don't want that anymore. You know, and he told me he said he said that's that's the same thing with you. You just woke up and decided. And I said no, dude. I said that that's the difference. I never decided. I didn't want to uh, drink and womanize and, you know, all of this other stuff that I was involved in. I never made that decision. I did not wake up on that Sunday, May 6, 2012, and decide that I did not want to do that anymore. I was convicted by the Holy Spirit. And after all day of fighting uh, Mm -hmm. that conviction, I finally surrendered and the Holy Spirit took me over. He took my desires. It's not a it's not a thing of I decided, you know, there's a lot of people who can quit addictions by their willpower. Uh, But a lot of times, if you ask those people, they still have the desire for that thing sometimes. Sure. You know, they they can't be around certain things. And I'm not saying that you should, because, uh, you know, the Bible talks about bad company corrupts good morals. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you if there's things that, you know, you know, you're weak in, you shouldn't be involved in it or or around it. But for me, I since May 6, 2012, all glory to God, I have not desired one drop of alcohol since the moment that I surrendered to Jesus. So that's the difference. It wasn't my willpower. I didn't just decide that. It was the Holy Spirit taking over me and and my decision to surrender my life to Jesus. And that's what took uh, the life of sin that I was living in away from me. Yeah. And I'm reading through Romans right now. We'll bounce back and forth. But uh, you and I just had a conversation a minute ago about, you know, allow when you have the Holy Spirit living in you, you don't care to do those fleshly desires anymore. And that was for me too, man. Like I was being convicted when I was drinking and partying. And there was many times where I woke up and said, all right, Lord, I'm not going to do this anymore. But I wasn't serious. Mm-hmm. You know, I I had to want to make that change also. But when the day did come where it was like God stopped me in my tracks and said, okay, this is your last opportunity. Because from here on out, you continue to make these bad decisions of getting behind the wheel drunk or just being stupid in public or whatever the, the stuff I did, then <laughs> you're going to face the consequences. And that was one of those things where I sat and I was like, well, not only do I have a you know, a three at that time. No, I guess she was one or two at the time, your old daughter that is watching her dad. But I just got a a word from the Lord. They're like, okay, if you don't change your ways, then this time some things are going to happen. And that was just, I mean, that was very gripping for me, dude. So, I mean, yeah, it was a big difference of one, you know, having that Holy spirit truly convicting you and stopping you and saying, all right, it's time to just make a true difference in your life. So back to Acts 12, Peter's in prison. And uh, it says in verse five, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now, behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know, but Peter did not know that what was done 
by the angel was real, but he thought he was seeing a vision. So they go past the first gate and then another gate. And when Peter had come to himself in verse 11, he said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod, from all the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname is Mark, where many were gathered together praying. All right, remember, the, the church is praying for Peter. This has always made me laugh. Uh, and as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she realized Peter's or recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but she ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, you are beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said it was his angel. So the thing, number one thing that makes me laugh is this woman comes to the, to the gate and she's so excited that it's Peter, but she forgets to let him in. She just runs back, runs right. back and tells everybody. The number two thing that has always made me laugh, but kind of in a more serious way, because a lot of times we are like this. We are yeah. praying for things. And God puts the answer to our prayers right in front of us. And it's so obvious right at the end of our nose, yet we refuse to realize that God is answering our prayers. Sure. How many times, for real, how many times do you see that where, dude, myself included, you're praying, and I've I've gotten better about it over the past few years. But anyway, uh, we pray as Christians, but we're already saying, well, this isn't going to happen. Yeah. Or we're praying as Christians and believing it's going to happen. But then when God lays it right there in your lap, you're like, no, there's no way. There's no way this is true. I mean, you, so, dude, like, first of all, there's a few things I can uh, look at right here. One thing that um, I, la- well, I laughed at, but also made me think about something else was it said when Peter was in chains, he was chained to two soldiers and then two others or so many others were guarded around him. He's sleeping. Yeah. So, look, Peter thinks he's probably going to be beheaded the next day or, or, you know, whatever, put to death practically. He's already thinking, well, here it is. I'm going to die. But what's he doing? He's sleeping. And now how many people do you know out there, Casey, like that? And these guards included that they're being handcuffed to folks. They've probably never seen a man who was going to be put to death the next day. He decided, I'm just going to take me a nap. But I started thinking about Peter's growth since, um, you know, since he denied Christ and how Jesus was asleep in the boat during the storm. Mm. Jesus didn't worry. Jesus knew what was going to happen. And, and I started thinking about that, how much growth Peter has, has came from where he was thinking he was going to die the next morning. But he's like, you know what? I'm going to get a good night's rest. And he was just trusting the Lord. I believe Peter knew, too, that people were praying for him. The church was praying. And it says earnestly, which is another word fervent, which is probably in the King James Version. But that just means that they were not just some mediocre prayer of, Oh Lord, please say Peter. They were on their faces weeping and wailing and just really in a deep prayer for Peter's, uh, you know, release and for his safety. And so I, I really, man, I just thought about that, how Peter, he had grown so much, you know, he, he realized that, you know, to live in his Christ, to die is gain. He had, he had embodied that. And um, you see that there as he's sleeping <laughs> handcuffed thinking he's going to die the next one. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a, a really good point to, to, and that goes back to what we have as Christians, the peace of God. You know, in yeah. the Bible, the Bible says the peace which surpasses all understanding. Like you said, I bet those guards who were sitting there chained to Peter and the soldiers who were, who were guarding, 
and they're watching this dude sleeping, I bet they're thinking something's something's going on. They're they've already got some kind of plan here. This is odd. Sure. Or you know, yeah. uh, some of them may have been thinking, okay, if I was in his position, I would I would be trying to figure out every way to get out of this place. But he's sleeping, so maybe there's something to this stuff that he's preaching. That's what I was going to say, man. I wrote this down that you see opportunities in the Bible. I believe Paul was in prison at once and he had a, a massive amount of guards surrounding him, but he chose to share the gospel to him. Do you think that Peter, and it doesn't say it right here, but I'm just assuming that Peter took that opportunity to, and I'm sure, man, I'm, 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 based, I'm sure that Peter was sitting there praying at some moment, mm-hmm. whether it be thanking Jesus for the opportunity to, 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 to give his life for the, the cause, whatever. I'm pretty sure Peter didn't just go in there, take his handcuffs and lay down on the ground and go to sleep. Dude, I'm guaranteeing you he was praying. So these soldiers are seeing this. So is this a moment where Peter took this opportunity to minister? So, uh, you know, I wrote down to, Hey, basically this is just a lesson. We have to seize every moment to do good, to share the gospel. And it says in, it says in Ephesians five sixteen, you know, to seize every opportunity. And I think it's just a lesson for, for all of us no matter what circumstance or situation you're in um, to take that opportunity to, to worship, to praise God in that situation and in that circumstance and just to give thanks always. Yeah. You know, we've talked about uh, Peter's growth. We went through uh, on one episode talking about his denial and then uh, how Peter was after the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter two. And after Peter was filled with the Holy spirit in Acts chapter two, he was never the same. You, right. you see so many times and we're only in act, we're only through chapter 12. Uh, but, but most of the first of these first 12 uh, chapters of acts has been primarily about Peter. And yeah. so we saw that after acts chapter two, he was no longer the cowardly, shy, terrified man that he was uh, that denied Jesus. Uh, the Holy Spirit brought boldness to him, and uh, he never denied Jesus again. He he was full of boldness. He was full of power, and he never missed an opportunity to preach the gospel. So even though it don't say it here in these verses, I could guarantee you that that Peter was probably preaching all the way till he fell asleep. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. It's just so much to, to learn there of how we can truly seek to be filled with the spirit that much. I mean, we, we live in a day where if you go back to the beginning of Acts 12, I didn't really touch on it, but I wrote it down. Um, you know, Herod was taking Peter to trial. Well, this was like a political thing. Political parties then uh, enjoyed seeing Christians be persecuted. It was like some kind of, you know, just some kind of thing that they, they loved to see. And it reminded me, like as the Lord spoke to me when I was writing notes down, Hey, that's today. Nothing's changed over the centuries. Like not all politicians. I'm not going to get into any political talk by any means, but we, we see that this day and time, how news media, uh, certain folks in the news or whatnot, politicians, they enjoy seeing people suffer or, you know, Christians suffer or whatnot, or we're getting, we're getting talked about, we're getting you know ridiculed because of our faith or whatnot. So Peter took that and he used this opportunity to, uh, praise Jesus, man, and share Christ, uh, no matter what was going on. And it's true. We, we've talked about the growth and it just makes me think, okay, it makes me in prayer go, Lord, how can I acquire that growth? And it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, these years passed since Peter denied Jesus, you know what I mean? So it took a long time. Um, but that's just something we can strive for. 
And, you know, that's a, a lesson to us as believers. We've talked about it several times, but, you know, that's the the primary reason that me and you, when we decided to do this, we wanted the first Bible study that we did to be through the book of Acts. And yeah. it, it's because the book of Acts shows us as believers uh, the actions that we are supposed to be having in our lives due to the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. Uh, we should be doing and living as the apostles and those that we see here in the book of Acts. Um, like you said, nothing has changed. Society might have changed. Things yeah. around us may have changed. But as far as the power of the Holy Spirit, it's not changed. And and the the word of God has not changed. Therefore, uh, you know what we are told uh, to do, and the example that was set by those here in the Book of Acts. That's where we should be. And you know, we have talked about it before. There's a lot of times that you know uh, we're guilty of getting distracted. Um, yeah. You know, letting things uh, come above. Uh, God in our lives, letting things become more important or more time consuming um, and missing opportunities to preach the gospel. Um, sure. You know, we've talked several times about how we talk to somebody and they throw out a, a word and then you walk away and the Lord just speaks to you and says, when they said this, <laughs> that was the opportunity for you to share the gospel. And you're just like, right. oh, man. But that goes back to the book of Acts, the example that they set and being sensitive to the leadership of the spirit at all times. Yeah. And I, I for one, overthink it sometimes. There's many opportunities where I feel uh, that I've missed where I walk off and I start to think later on, OK, like sharing the gospel, like what, you know, how do what do I say other than. But I think it's as simple sometimes as going, hey, Jesus loves you, or, or how can I pray for you? Or my pastor it sets a great example. He, I went out to eat with him one time, and we're sitting there, and the server's coming up to take our drink order, take our food order. And uh, I can't remember the person's name or the, the young man's name. And he goes, listen, hey, um, you know, before we eat, we always like to pray over our meal. And I like to ask my, you know, the one serving me, if there's anything I can pray for you. For. And you could tell this person was taken aback, but they were like, you know what? Yeah, I have a friend that whatever's really sick or something. And I asked my pastor, I was like, how often do you have people tell you no? He goes, 99.9% .9 of the time, they will have something that they want in prayer. He goes, there's very, very rarely that I'll have someone go, no, no, I'm good. And um, so I, I was like, that's really cool. That's, that's a way to share the gospel. Yeah, so that's that something I've never thought about. Me neither, man. It's something me and my wife said, hey, we need to start doing that. It plants, it, it can plant a seed in someone. So I was like, okay, it doesn't have to be, I sit down with my Bible and start spewing out, you know, verses of these people. It's literally just sharing a simple verse with, or, or asking, how can I pray for you, man? So I don't think we need to overthink it. And we do a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, I know I do, man. I know I do. So uh, they finally, they finally let Peter it says, let's see. Now, Peter continued knocking, and when the door was open and they saw him, they were astonished. But motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, go and tell these things to James and to the brethren. Now, this is, this is James, the Lord's brother, not the James brother of John who was killed uh, earlier in the chapter. Some people might be confused about that. There were two. 
and uh, and he departed and went to another place. Then, as soon as it was day, there was there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. But when Herod had searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. Man, that's, you know, there's the, we'll see later on in Acts chapter 16, uh, where Paul and Silas was in the prison and the, the Lord sends the earthquake and the, the doors come open. And, uh, you know, that guard almost kills himself because he thought that everybody had escaped. Uh, yeah. But I mean, these these guards here this was a serious job they they were they were put to death here because peter had escaped and i mean you know this day and age you know you'd probably be fired you might be brought up on some kind of charges but put to death is a little extreme. Yeah, they did that in that time. I was reading how they, you know, if if a, if a, um, a guard was, uh, you know, supposed to be in charge of someone who was on the death penalty or whatnot, and that person escaped or whatnot, well, they took over their uh, punishment. And I was like, wow, that's very, very extreme to think about um, and to, uh, to comprehend, uh, you know. But, uh, you know, you wonder, were these guards, was their hearts changed by what they saw through Peter? You know what I mean? It doesn't t- talk about that in the Bible, but I always wonder about that stuff. I guess that's questions that kind of just linger in the mind. And um, yeah, man, putting a death is a pretty extreme situation there. Uh, let's see. Verse 21. So on a set day, Herod arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. And the people kept shouting the voice of a God and not of man. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God and he was eaten by worms and died. Yeah, man. Now talk about things coming right back around to you. Well, dude, he, um, you know, what I put down there was, was Herod was full of himself. You know, he took this, um, you know, the Lord provided, I guess, certain things for this, these people and all that, but Herod sat there in his garments and, and, uh, you know, his shiny attire taking praise as if he was, as if he were a God. And what I was reading the commentary uh, earlier, how he was he's sitting there portraying himself as if he were a God and these people were worshiping him. Um, and, 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 you know, seems like the Lord said, okay, I've got enough of that. I've had enough of that and just struck him down, man. So what a way to go. I think they, in the commentary, it was talking about how he suffered for, uh, I believe five or six days with some severe stomach bug or whatnot. So you can only imagine how he was feeling. He probably wanted to die anyway. Yeah, and verse 24 says, But the word of God grew and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry, and they also took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Uh, so the word of God grew and multiplied. That's one of those things. We've seen it and we've talked about it over and over and over in these first 12 chapters. And we'll keep talking about it all the way through the end of the book of Acts. Persecution brings prosperity to the church. And we're not necessarily talking about financial prosperity, but spiritual prosperity, persecution and that pressing um, in every example that we have always grows the church and, and, you know, people are saved 
and brought into the kingdom. You see, yeah, we talk, man, uh, this is a good, good thing to finish on, but the word of God increased, Acts 12, 24. And it just gives us uh, hope for today's time where things are happening, persecution and murder and, and just innocent lives being lost all over the world. Um, but the book of Acts continues to, to end many chapters with the word of God increased. It just shows that, you know, this Bible never changes, that it's, it's you know, it's infallible. Uh, God's word continues to grow even today when we see what we think, oh man, like the, you know, prayers being taken out of schools and, you know, and God, we trust, they want to take God out of all that. Uh, they can try and take God out of all they want. They could try and say that God's not real, that, you know, whatever the big bang theory and all this stuff. But in the end, man, God's word is going to grow. You know, Jesus uh, is still going to return one day. And whether you believe it or not, um, we're going to have to face the reality of every knee shall bow, bro. And, um, I'm just very thankful that, you know, we have this word of God in front of us that we can, because some countries get it ripped out of their hands, get it burned, they get killed for it. You know what I mean? They, some of them don't, they have no phones with Bibles on them or no whatnot, but we have many Bibles in our house. And Casey and I was talking about this before, how, you know, there are some households have five, six Bibles and not one of them are opened, you know? Yeah. And I, um, so, but you know, the word of God never, it will never die, man. Amen. It definitely will not. And that's uh that's a good thing that we've got to to always keep in our minds, even even though things are getting bad, even though, you know, uh, when we look and, and it seems like the world around us is going crazy, it seems like things are, are uh, just horrible day after day. No matter what the future looks like, uh, God's got a plan. God knows uh, everything. He's in control and yes. his word never changes. And my pastor uh, preached this morning and uh, he was talking about Jeremiah 29, 11. Mm-hmm. The Lord knows the plans that he has for you and they're good plans. They're plans of health and prosperity. They're, it, it's not, he has nothing bad in store for you. So like uh, Romans 8 says, if God is for us, who can be against us? There you go, man. That and, you know, you said it and and I was reading a little article today where and it said at the end of it, God is still writing the book of Acts. Yes, he he is. uh, You know, we 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 see persecution that's going on like there was in the book of Acts. Um, We see lives being transformed like there was in the book of Acts. But ultimately, we see the filling of the Holy Spirit continue to just, you know, just fill people's lives. Uh, And that's one thing that we can um, we can bet it on is that, you know, the Holy Spirit's not going anywhere. So. Exactly. And, you know, with, with the book of Acts, a lot of, a lot of Bible headlines say Acts of the Apostles, but technically it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And while the apostles that was used in the book of Acts are all uh, gone now, the Holy Spirit is still here and he's still using uh, people on this earth to to spread the gospel. So, like you said, uh, I, I've preached before and and told people open your Bibles to Acts chapter twenty nine. Yeah, and you know they <laughs> they flip through and they're like, you know, they'll look up. Uh, you mean twenty eight? Twenty nine. It it stops at twenty eight. <clears throat> no, he's still writing it right now with me and you. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, man. Yeah. What are we going to do with it? Are we going to, uh, we're going to squander it away. Are we going to, um, be like Herod who was almost, you almost had me. 
Or are we going to be like a Peter or a Paul or these others who just, man, on fire for the Holy Spirit? Bro, I want to be on fire. And it's something I pray for every single day, man. So Amen. if you're out there, let's let's keep writing that book of Acts. It involves each and every one of us because Jesus ultimately said, go and make disciples. And in the book of Acts, that's what they're doing. They're spreading the gospel. They're, the church is growing. God's word is growing. And they're making disciples. And that's what we see the, the, uh, the fruit of even here in 2021. We see the fruit of... Uh, Paul and Peter and, and all of these men. And it's just amazing to think that we're a part of that, that Royal family, bro. We're, you know what I mean? You know, we're part of that. We got Christ living in us just as much as they do. Amen. All right. Before we sign off this week, I just want to remind everybody this Saturday, November 20th, uh, an event that I was supposed to be on, but not going to be able to make it. But I still encourage everybody to get out there and support this great cause. Hope Championship Wrestling at Rock Springs Church in Milner, Georgia. Bell time is 7 p.m. Lodi, George South, Tim Horner, the Koloffs, and more. So make sure to uh, get out there if you're in that area. Also, Sunday, November 21st, I will be preaching at New River Baptist Church. 1494 Galloway Road, Blue Ridge, Georgia. Service time is 11 a.m., so be sure to come and visit us there. Worship with us if you can. There you go. And, and catch me on Monday Night Raw when I'm on there. And, <laughs> and uh, also, I want to throw this date out there. December 9th, uh, I'll be recording uh, – you said Koloff, so remind me. I'll be recording uh, Nikita Koloff's Man Up TV show. So – um, I'm not sure the exact air date for that or um, if it's going to be on his podcast or whatnot, but um, I'll keep everybody posted. I'm, I'm super excited. I'm good buddies with Nikita. And, uh, you know, I did an extensive Bible study with him last summer, I believe it was, and just an amazing man of God. So I love to sit down and talk about Jesus and just, um, you know, the man's super, super full of the spirit. So. Amen. Yeah, he's a good one. That that should be interesting. Yeah. I know, uh, you know, uh, when we first started doing this podcast, had him on. Uh, he was one of our first guests, but, uh, but yeah, really great testimony and everything. Have you ever, have you ever attended their man camp that him and Lex? Not, not the man camp. Uh, I was supposed to last, uh, sometime last year, but I got started kicking off really hot and heavy uh, coming back to raw. So it messed up my schedule, but it is something, man, I've been wanting to be a part of so much. Cause I hear, I got a good buddy, man, that, um, that was uh, a heroin addict and, and on just, I mean, dude, on the, the verge of killing himself and ended up, you know, rededicating his life to Jesus and went to his man camp and it's just transformed my buddy. I mean, he's, you know, he's out sharing his testimony now, dude, and just, um, just praising Jesus. So it's like transforming, bro. When you have a guy like, you know, Luger, who was not brought up in the church, uh, was a man that was after material life. And he'll tell you his testimony is amazing how he was transformed by Jesus Christ and Nikita as well, dude. So, uh, but no, it would be something um, I'm definitely looking forward to doing in the future. Yeah. Yeah. He, he had invited me to it and I, I can't remember the date, but I wasn't able to make it, but man, I, I do. I'd love to get to yeah. one of those. Cause it, it just seems like it would be an awesome time in the Lord. Well, maybe we can do it together sometime, bro. Yeah, that'd be cool. All okay. right, guys, we love you. We thank you for listening. If this episode's a blessing, be sure to share it. Let other people know about Wrestling for the Faith. If you have any questions, thoughts, comments, or prayer requests, email us, wrestlingforthefaith at gmail.com. I am Real Casey Cage on social media. And, yes, and I am Jackson Riker, WWE on social media. All right, guys. God bless. Have a wonderful day. 
You've been listening to Wrestling for the Faith. Follow Casey Cage on Twitter at Real Casey Cage. Follow Chad Lale on Twitter at Jackson Riker WWE. And follow the show at Facebook.com slash Wrestling for the Faith. 